so that you can follow along as I read it aloud. Hear now the Word of God from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. The elders in the past were approved because they showed faith. By faith, we understand that the universe has been created by a word from God so that the visible came into existence from the invisible. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have been a first century Christian? That those people who, for the very first time in human history, heard about Jesus, about his teachings, his life, his death, his resurrection, and then in following Jesus, trying to figure out what that meant for their lives. How do we do that? How does that play out for us every day? You know, some of those thoughts are still with us, right? I mean, we're still doing that to a certain extent for ourselves and as a community, as a church. How does this apply to me and to my life today? But it was certainly the case for all of them everywhere in the first century. There's even a place in the New Testament, uh, which, by the way, that's most of what the New Testament is. It's teaching about, okay, how do we live this out? But there's a place in particular where Paul, one of the apostles, Uh, The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth tries to help them work through some of this stuff. And and we understand they had written to him first. And so writing in response to them, this letter that's now the book of the Bible we call 1 Corinthians, he digs into answering some of their questions. And their questions are very practical things. What do we do when we have a dispute against somebody else? A legal dispute. Can we sue each other? Hey, Paul, could you help us with our marriages a little bit? What kind of stuff should we eat? How should we dress? How do we present ourselves to one another and to the world if we're followers of Jesus? And what about the Spirit, this Holy Spirit? How do we know and experience the Holy Spirit in our lives, these gifts of the Spirit that we are being taught about? What are those? And not only what are they, but which ones are the most important ones? And which one of us really has it figured out and is doing better than the rest? And and so in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to them and begins to respond and answer and take care of some of these things. And you come to the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Actually, the end of the 12th chapter when Paul says, okay, you know, you got all that stuff going on. You got all these questions. But let me tell you about an even better way, and it's love. And so then 1 Corinthians 13 is where we read what you probably have heard in weddings time and time again, that description of love, love is patient, love is kind, you know, so on and so forth, what love is and what love isn't. And then you get down to the end of that chapter, and Paul comes back again, and he says, all right, listen, after all that stuff that you've been wondering about, trying to figure out, make sense of, understand, all the rules and the expectations and after all that stuff, here's what matters. Here's what remains. 
faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And so with that as our backdrop for the next three Sundays, Emily and I are going to focus in each week on one of those. Faith, hope, and love. And maybe for all of us, trying to figure all this stuff out and there's so much noise in the background and arguments and we can come back and be centered together on those three. Faith, hope, and love. And we'll start today with faith. And man, if we're honest, faith can be a real booger. <laughs> like, as Miss Jessica said with the kids, that can be a tough one. What is faith? Do I have it? How do I know? Faith in what? What is faith? Is it wanting so badly for the Rams to beat the Patriots today right here in Atlanta? (laughs) Is it consenting intellectually to a prescribed set of doctrines and rules or agreeing somehow to live inside of this nice, tidy little box? Is it checking my brain at the door and blindly trusting in something or someone without ever asking any questions? None of that sounds right. Although I would like for the Rams to beat the Patriots, but that's... This is why I'm not a big fan of the trust fall. Are you familiar with this exercise? It's it's an object lesson that we do a lot of times to teach children or youth about trust or about faith. Uh, And granted, no analogy, no example is perfect. Everything, everyone comes up short somehow. Um, But that one in particular, like I just, I struggle with, that being a way to teach about trust or about faith, that I'm supposed to stand up on a folding chair and close my eyes and fall backwards wanting desperately for my teenage friends to catch me (laughs) rather than laugh and watch me drop to the floor. I don't know about that. (laughs) And one of the issues I have with that is that I I think it removes my agency from the equation. Leaves me hapless, hopeless, helpless. And see, that's where the scripture for today from Hebrews is so powerful for us to understand faith. Those first three verses we read from Hebrews 11 tell us that faith is believing in something enough that we're willing to live into it. Allow me to repeat myself, please. Faith is believing in something enough that we're willing to live into it. For example... Let's say if you believe that being physically healthy 
is important, then faith in that is doing what it takes to accomplish and maintain it, like diet and exercise. Or if you believe as a parent that you play a vital role in your child's development and in their becoming, then faith in that is spending time with them and giving them your undivided cell phone-less attention. Faith is believing in something enough that you're willing to live into it. Now, it's one thing to say that about our health or about parenting. It's another thing altogether to say it about God. And that's something more that the scriptures teach us about faith, is that faith is vital, crucial to our understanding of salvation. Ephesians 2 tells us that we're saved by grace through faith. And it's a free gift from God that we can't earn or deserve. So even salvation, redemption, restoration, wholeness. These are gifts from God. For me. For you. For us. For the world. That we receive. Through faith. Believing in the power of this free and gracious gift. Enough that we're willing to live into it. Emboldened and enabled by the Spirit of God. Stirring inside of us. We receive the gift of faith. Even if it's as small as a mustard seed. As you read on in chapter 11 of Hebrews, the author gives us examples of those who went before us, who were approved by showing living their faith. And and he names them Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, and he goes on. If you're looking for something to read this week from the Bible or for your faith, I recommend Hebrews chapter 11. It's it's really good. And you might even be inspired as you read it to think about the examples of faith that you've seen in the elders in your life. But as you read on and you get to verse 13... The author points out for us that all these examples of faith that we've seen in our elders and our ancestors, that all these people died without receiving the fullness of the promise that had been given to them. But they saw them from a distance and welcomed them. Faith is believing in something enough that you're willing to live into it. I'll give you an example. 
here at Chamley First United Methodist Church at 8.45, we have an early service. You wouldn't know that because you're not awake then, maybe. But, <laughs> but we have a worship service that happens in here at 8.45. And just over the past month, we've begun to sort of retool that and do it differently and a little bit more of a modern bent to it. And so we have lots of people who are pitching in to make that happen. They're getting up early, earlier even, to be here to help prepare. They're giving their time and their energy, their talents. Some of them are trying to do new things as a part of it for the first time, so they're learning. But all of that is an effort to live into something that we believe God is calling us to. Something that we believe God is doing right here and now among us at Shambly First United Methodist Church and in the community of Shambly and beyond. And even just getting up early, being here, contributing and participating is a way that these folks are exhibiting their faith. Living into this reality of what God is doing. I'll give you another one. If that one doesn't necessarily pertain to you because 845 is not on your radar on a Sunday, I'll give you another one that pertains to all of us. The leadership of this church, of Shambly First United Methodist Church, I mean, the, the governing body, if you will, that we call the administrative board, just recently passed our budget for this year, approved it, voted on it, approved it for the budget for 2019. And the budget that was approved by the leadership of our church is about 20% more than what we anticipate coming in from tithes and offerings. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the financial heads in the room just went, what? It's true. And, and that group, that body, is not the only one who's been party to arriving at that decision. I mean, the finance committee and others, a lot of the leadership of our church have looked at this thing from all sorts of angles. And the fact is, the things that we plan to do, the ministry that we believe God has called us to that will be funded by that budget, we believe is all vital and crucial to us being who God has called us to be. And so, so our leadership decided in a, a step of faith to say we're going to chart our course to set out on 2019 with this being our plan when it comes to the budget and the spending of the church knowing that it's about 20% less than what we anticipate will come in. And, and so we've got some room there. Now, I don't, I don't know if you're thinking about that, that 20% number, but, you know, I was giving it some thought. Let's say you were going to give $1,000 over the course of the year to the church. You know, if you were going to give 20% more than that, that'd be another 200 bucks. So it'd be 1200 Maybe you think about that, $200 over the course of the year. That's not awful probably manageable and I mean if you were going to give 20,000 to the church this year you know another 20% on that would be $4,000 24 I've been thinking about it for myself for my life and my family and our budget I mean we're neither one of those but we're somewhere in the middle Uh, you know what it would mean over the course of a year for us to, in faith, give 20% more than we were planning to do. Because we believe in this enough that we're willing to live into it.
us, you, all of us. It's a way that we say we believe in what God is doing and what God has called us to. Now, some of the folks on that administrative board, particularly the chairs of the administrative committees, Emily and I have uh, met with them and we've asked them to read a book with us called Canoeing the Mountains. We mentioned it when we first moved here this past summer. But the book is written to Christians, church leaders in particular, about leading in an environment and in a culture that's changing rapidly. How do you lead in a church and in a world that's changing this fast? And I was fortunate to get to go and listen to the author of that book this week. I went to a conference that was put on by the North and South Georgia Conferences of the Methodist Church down at St. Simon's Island. That's where I've been all week, suffering for the team, taking one, right? Um, Although, just to be clear, it was like in the 30s, and the wind was howling off the water. So please don't picture me, you know, in a swimsuit sitting on the beach. Um, But... But the guy who wrote the book, his name's Todd Bolsinger, he was teaching from the book and leading, and it was really good, you know, to bring back some tools and information and things to help us as we read the book together. But while he was talking, he was talking about the role that faith plays in leadership. So in leading in the church and in the community or in wherever you find yourself, the role of faith. And as an example, he quoted Martin Luther King Jr., specifically from his speech, I Have a Dream, the speech that he gave on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, 1963. And you know, in the speech, Dr. King describes this dream he has for our nation and for us. And in describing that dream, there's a place where he says, you know, I have a dream that one day the valleys will be lifted high and the mountains will be brought low, that the rough places will be made plain, that the crooked Places will be made straight. Thank God for the dream and the vision and the faith that God gave to Dr. King. But right as he's saying that, he says this. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. And in those words, which are engraved on the monument that honors Dr. King in Washington, D.C., in those words, we see the rest of what the author of Hebrews is telling us about faith. By faith, we understand that the visible came into existence from the invisible. Where there was nothing, God did something. Faith is believing in something enough that you're willing to live into it. Even though Dr. King didn't live to see the strides that we've made in racial equality. But we've got miles and miles to go. He believed in it enough to give his whole life living into it. Even though just like those examples from Hebrews chapter 11... He could only see it in the distance. He welcomed it. See, faith means where we can't see anything, we will see something. Or when we can only see it from a distance, we can welcome it. Like God welcomes us. Like the Father welcomed home 
the prodigal son. By believing that God can bring something where there was nothing. Enough that we are willing to live into it. We're going to live right into the reality of the kingdom of God. Justice and peace and place for everyone. And we will go there together. Not by falling backwards off of a chair. But by hewing stones of hope. Out of the mountains of despair. By believing so much in the reality of the kingdom of God. That we're willing to live into it together. By faith. And I don't know if faith is new to you, the idea, the concept, the experience, or it's something you've been tracking with for a lot of years. But when you think about faith in terms of being, believing in something enough to being willing to live into it, I wonder if there's somewhere in your life right now that you know, you hear, you feel the Spirit of God calling you in faith to live into it. What would it look like for you to receive that gift of faith? Maybe again or a little more and begin to live into it more even today. May that be us. God's people. God's children here at Shambly. Not for our own sake, but for the sake of the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to ask you if you would stand as we sing our closing.